Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. In Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us as we inch our way to Christmas Day. A Tuesday edition BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We're going to do some NFL, as we normally do on Tuesdays. We saw two of the regionals play last night. We'll talk about the other two. First of all, Dave Sinekin covers the Packers. They are in first place. Bears and Vikings fans know that. But we'll talk to Sinekin at about 10.30. And then Nick Athen, speaking of first place, number one seed. Uh, Nick Athen covers the Chiefs. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. He'll be here at 10.45. Off to Vegas, we will go at 11.05 with our friend Mike Palm from Circus Sports. Uh, he'll join us at 11.05. And then John Bowenkamp uh, will just opine on oh, a number of topics hawkeye basketball hawkeye football wasn't sure iowa state was playing today basketball <laughs> looks like they are well as of now as of right now right as right. of 10 o'clock the game is still on but um it, I, I mean I, you never know right i just would have anticipated if it would have been shelved that we would have found out by now because chicago state did cancel a game over the weekend but apparently uh, things are going to be good i hope they are because iowa state will not have a game um, when do they play? Sunday at noon mm-hmm. until January the 1st. So it'll be good if they can get one more in. And as of now, it is on. So if we were planning to head up to Hilton Coliseum, don't change those plans. It's a 6 o'clock tip. ESPN Plus has that. Now the Hawks tonight, they play at 7. Mm-hmm. Where will I find that? You will find that on the BTN Plus app. So in my case, I won't find that. <laughs> Right, unless you pay for it. Now, this is not something if you have DirecTV, Mediacom, whatever it is, and you just log in with your credentials. You and can't do that. You cannot do that. This is a standalone service. This is a separate service. You uh, see a lot of the okay. other Olympic sports that are on there, a lot of wrestling, yep. women's basketball, things like that. That's where you get this. So this is a standalone service. It's not right. part of your television package if you have that. What do they get you a month for that? Nine ninety nine. So nine ninety nine to watch Southeast Louisiana. And also next Wednesday against Western Illinois. Two games. Okay. And both of them tar- ticketed for BTN Plus. BTN Plus for both of them. Hmm. You, have you got it? I don't. I think Will I'm going get to, it? I'm gonna get it tonight, though. So you'll, yeah. so you'll have us covered if I don't yes. pull the trigger? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yes. good. Because there are a Maybe couple of NFL I'll, games. I'll, I'll pass in my login credentials Oh, you would do that? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I think you use one of mine. I do. Because I go to my email every now and then. Someone has logged into your... No, I haven't. Ah, okay. You know who has. I know who has, <laughs> uh, which is just fine. Anyways, um, uh, good to be with you here this morning as we talk sports with you. A lot of NFL conversation coming up. Uh, Vikings and Bears last night. Boy, the rest had a tough night. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, on both sides. Uh, yeah, it was on both sides. They had a tough night on both sides. More on the Bears side. Uh, Matt Nagy, Trent, 
I was. He's fighting. Yeah, he is. He, he's fighting for his. He, he knows he's a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. He is going to be fired. Now, there's been a rule change, and Steve Levy brought it up in the broadcast last night. If you were still paying attention to that time, and that wasn't one of the instances where Bears fans were yelling at their TV. <laughs> um, there is a new rule in the NFL that if you have an interim head coach, that you do not have to wait until the end of the regular season before you start interviewing prospective head coaches. But you, I mean, the Bears can't fire, the, the, the Bears can't kick the tires on a new head coach knowing that they're going to fire Matt Nagy. Right. You have to have done it already. Mm-hmm. It's not, well, we plan on it. Right. No, no that doesn't has, work. It has to be done. Precisely. So um, if you have an interim head coach, uh, two weeks, so there's after this week's play, you can begin uh, to, if you want to get to the head of the line, if there's somebody else, if you have to have Urban Meyer, I don't think you do, but um, you, you can um, you, you can interview him. So would that maybe speed up the process? Because we know, and you've said it a million times, uh, the Bears don't fire head coaches during nope. the regular season. Might this change things? I think so. I think this is something where it can push them over the edge, if you will. This is the one thing that, all right, we, as an organization, it's something we just don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But to get a leg up, to know this is inevitable. It's going to be happening. You're going to go in that process. Here's the thing, though, to do that. Because it's not just Nagy, right? Right, no. This is not just a Nagy problem. No, This is Ryan Pace. Yes. He's more than likely going to walk the plank, too. Keep keep going. It's Ted Phillips. Yep. The president. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if they do fire Pace and Nagy, it would be Ted Phillips that would... Right. Uh, you don't want that. And when Ted Phillips makes these decisions, well, look at the GMs he's brought in. Mm-hmm. Look at the coaches that he's brought in. He brings in Mark Trestman from the CFL. It's a different football. It's it's a different game. It is. It's, it's a different, totally different game. Totally different. Dave Wanstead with his goofy mustache uh-huh. and just on and on and on. It has been, it's been bad. He's not a football guy. So if you're going this route, ultimately, I can't get excited about it. I can't. Because it's going to be Ted Phillips that's going to make the decision of what GM to bring in. And then the GM is going to be an also ran or a guy that's a scout and doesn't know how to build a football team like Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. And it's just someone recycled that has proven to, to fail in the past. Until Virginia and her boys mm-hmm. make a decision. Ted Phillips, I know he is part of their family for all intents and purposes. Great businessman. In his former life. Mm-hmm. Cappy wants him to take, uh, take over the stadium. Perfect. Whether that's the existing stadium or the uh, potential of building a new stadium at the racetrack at Arlington Park. Good. But get him out of football. Uh-huh. Because he's not a football guy. And he'll make a phone call to other owners and other team presidents and football operations people. And they'll laugh at him. And they'll, hey, yeah, here's a list of names. <laughs> and they'll laugh at him. <laughs> here's Mark Trestman. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit for you guys. Coach is a different game. Yeah. It, it's not going to work. It hasn't worked for 25 years with this guy at the top of the organization, football-wise. And until it changes, I can't get excited about it. No, I uh, I understand. I understand your pain. Um, well, thankfully, I don't understand it. I've, I haven't. I've had some that as a Jets fan, but not as a Broncos fan. Right. Um, you, you know, get you, so beat down as a, as a pro sports fan oh, that just a I team that doesn't yes. have a chance. And, and your your team's been yeah for for a long time. Trent, you got some parts. That's where, I mean, Akeem Hicks is unblockable. Yes. Can you imagine him? I don't know if you were listening at the University time. of Regina. Yes. In, yeah. yeah. In Saskatchewan. Can you imagine him playing the game? Playing. Canadian football. Here's the thing about Canadian. Did you know this? We talked about rule changes last week. Or not new rule changes. Stupid CFL rules. That when the clock hits zero, the game's not over. You actually get to run one more play. I love it. Yeah. So in Canada, you have to line up a yard away from the center. 
Mm-hmm. You have to give them the yard. Can you imagine Akeem Hicks in the CFL if you didn't? <laughs> right. Could you imagine him in the CFL if you did? Yeah. But God, this guy's good, Trent. He's unblockable. I felt bad for the right guard of the Vikings last night. <laughs> He's going to have a tough day watching that tape back. Vikings Ooh. now the seven seed. Yeah, how about that? They stink. Yes. They're not good either. I know. Cousins was brutal again in yes. prime time. Trent, they didn't have 100 yards through the air against an entire secondary yes, right. that was new. They're all, all Week newbies. 15. Yeah. You guys play. Okay. <laughs> And they didn't embarrass. There was one play. There was the touchdown to Smith Marset. Actually, mm-hmm. there was uh, that they blew the coverage. Um, but yeah, it was. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible at all. David right. Montgomery ran hard, fumbled, which is unlike him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, give give uh, who was it? Sheldon Richardson credit. Had the block field goal. Yeah, just bears Spe- special teams. That just now they did punt. They did block a punt. So they had the ball what seven times on the plus side of the fifty. Yeah, it was awful. Trend. Until the final play of the game, they had three points. Right. Do you want to go over how bad that was? Punt, punt. I mean, fumble, fumble, miss field goal. Turnover field on downs. Goal, turnover on downs. Yeah, that's what I meant. It was Ugh. just, that's what they are. It's it a bad wasn't team. good. And until it changes, Justin Fields, I like what you see at mm-hmm. times, but. He's a rookie quarterback. A rookie I think quarterback. you got something. I really I do. do. I'm with you. Yeah. But it's even still hard I know. for me it has to get to be. excited. Mm-hmm. The Vikings get in. Let's just play this game. They're six, seven, C, whatever. They get in. Okay. Are they scary at all? Well, who right now would be the two seed in the NFC? Right now, they would play the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas isn't unbe- is no. invincible. That Prescott is not playing well. He's not. Um, the offense, well, is based on the predicated on the quarterback, uh, and that has a lot to do with it. C.D. Lamb's dropping balls one after another, mm-hmm. and that's that's not good. Look, the best receiver in that class was the last one taken in the first round. I mean, Jefferson is unbelievable. Oh yeah, he's unbelievable. How many how many touchdown passes Jerry Judy have this year? You tell me. No, like, well, you just take guess. Three, zero. Oh no, zero. <laughs> right? How many passes did he catch last week against Cincinnati? Half dozen? Same. Zero. Oh, no. Um, Jefferson's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's so good. Caught a touchdown pass in that game yesterday. So, back to your point. Vikings play the Cowboys? Mm. Or the Bucks or the Cardinals? Whoever the turns the out to be the two-seater. Still could be the Packers. I'm buying your Niners story. And, and I think they're kind of alone now. I think the top six are pretty well-defined in the NFC. Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, yeah. 49ers. Move them aside. Mm-hmm. Of the remaining teams, and one of these teams is going to get in. The okay. Vikings have it right now. Yep. The Saints will see the Eagles and the football team tonight. So would the winner of that game take the seventh seed or I, no? I think one of them did. I think one of them has the you know tiebreaker. They brought it up on the game. They, they did, and I can't remember I can't which remember one it was. <laughs> I think it, Washington, if Washington wins tonight, they bump the Vikes. I think you're right. I think that is. But of that group, Vikings, Saints, football team, Eagles, who's the scariest? Vikings... Saints, football team, Eagles. Who could win two games? Not a game. Who could win two games? I think it's Minnesota, Trent. I think it is, too. And it's Cousins. Mm-hmm. It's Dalvin Cook. It's- and Thielen comes back. And Jefferson. And that defense is good. Pierce in the middle of it is it's okay. I like their linebackers. Secondary, other than Smith, a little shaky. I don't trust the kicker. But how do you trust any kickers? Are very few. Are Eagles second on that list? Can I watch? Can I tell you? Can I answer this tomorrow? 
Jalen Hurts, there's been those moments this yes. year where those wow, wow moments. moments where with Devonta on the outside mm-hmm. and they got feels like a half dozen running backs that they throw out there yeah. at different times. But that defense isn't bad. Maybe. Maybe the Eagles. I think it is Vikings, Eagles, and then Saints of Washington. Just They yeah. both have limitations, too. And, and I like good. Tyler Heineke. I love his yeah. story. I really right. do. I mean, here's a, here's a lifer. Just hung around, hung around, waited for his chance. Finally got that opportunity. He's making the most of it. It's a great story. Um, Saints, great defense. Yeah, they do have a good defense. I mean, the Bucks obviously don't want to see them. No, that's crazy, isn't it? It's really and truly. Brady has not beaten them as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and hardly scores against them. It was 180 to 1 at Circa that there wouldn't be a touchdown scored in that game. And they took a bet. They did. They took a bet. I saw it on, on Twitter last wow. night that at least one person bet there would be no touchdown scored in New Orleans. Tom Brady's going to get shut out. He's not going to score, throw a touchdown pass. He's not going to hand the ball off, and it paid off. Unbelievable. Uh, good stuff. The early game last night was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining. I mean, I'm out for 4 o'clock football on a Monday into the um, uh, into the 7.15 or whatever it is. Now, tonight both games go at 6. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the Sunday ticket, you're not going to see the games. Right. They're not going to be on locally right. here. And I did check my Sunday ticket, and there they were in all their glory. Ready to go? Ready might be, to roll. Might be a night to head out to the chicken coop if you don't yes. have direct TV. That's a good point. Or, yeah, I mean, uh, that would be my recommendation. But go hungry and have the wings. <laughs> yes. Because uh, they are really good. Uh, yeah, you're not going to – it's not like when you – you go to your DirecTV, it's not like 704, 706. you got to search for them a little. I think it's in the teens. Yeah, 711 711 and 714. Maybe something I like that. There was. was a little bit of a gap between the two of them, but they are there, and you will watch them. So Iowa State plays on ESPN Plus tonight. Mm-hmm. Big Ten Network at 7 for the Hawks. Um, if you could only watch one NFL game tonight, you have to tu- you have to turn your TV on and your remote's broken, and, okay. you, and you're, you can't get up. You can't get up. You can't get up and do it the old way. All right. Yeah, you got to lock in on one. Which one would it be? Because it's going to be the team. I mean, the Rams are a playoff team right now. Yes, the Rams they are. are five seed. I don't think the uh, the uh, Seahawks have a prayer. Nine and uh, nine and eight's not going to get you in. I don't think even if the Seahawks win out. But it's Russell Wilson. A mm-hmm. little bit of cachet there. Or you've got the Eagles and Washington. Washington wins. They're the seven. It's kind of an elimination game. Sure. For both teams. What are you going to watch? It's the NFC East. It is. I'm with you. It's the helmets, no doubt. It's the the teams. It's yep. They kind of all go together for me, and it's my favorite division yeah. overall, top to bottom. Right, and that I don't have. A, I mean, is it your division? Fan. Right. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. I'm with you too. It's just the way these teams are, and I'm still intrigued by this Eagles team. So because of that, that would be the pick. The good news is you can flip back and forth. And my remote not broken. is not broken. Yeah. It's going to be good to go with that. Though I got high school hoops tonight. Oh, you do? So it's going to be a Where are you going to be tonight? Going to be out at Waukee Northwest. Ankeny Centennial comes to town there. Okay. Have the doubleheader on CISN TV. You can catch that on YouTube. Or Game 2, the boys' side, right after the Fantasy Football Show. I will take over here So the boys are still going with the Fantasy Football Show. They are. Good. Good. This is playoff time. Yes. Usually. I think last week I saw was first round of the Fantasy Playoffs. And depending on the structure, different fantasy leagues kind of structured differently. Usually, though, the second to last week of the season is okay. the final week. Kind of I the wonder Super what Bowl. sports wagering has done to fantasy football as far as how many people play it. I don't know anybody that's stopped. Is that right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. has played fantasy. And mm-hmm. oh, now I can bet I don't need to play fantasy yeah. anymore. It's just another out, right? Another I way guess. to make money or <laughs> yeah. for me, another way to lose money. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of which, have you hit it? Have you hit a lick yet in the Bet Rivers contest? No, yesterday one opening kickoff. Here we go. Old Dominion runs it back. I'm fired up and. Well, and the number was, I know you moved the number, but did you see how uh, Tulsa actually, how they took a touchdown off the board for Old Dominion? No. Oh, God. Guys, waltzing into the end zone, hot dogging a little bit. Uh Um, Here's a Leon Lett moment um, with BB running up behind, knocks the ball out. I still hate the rule. Through the end zone, touchback. (laughs) No touchdown. but rules are rules, so right. it is what it is. Uh, speaking of rules are rules, did you have any problem with the uh, unsportsmanlike calls last night in, in the game? Was there one that bothered you more than the other in the uh, in the Bears Vikings game? Because they were the Bears were for a while out of control, and they then there was back to back Vikings unsportsmanlike. It wasn't a great night for the officials. I didn't think. I didn't feel like there was anything ridiculously egregious, though. Well, the yeah. NFL, the NFL has a officiating Twitter account, mm-hmm. and they said the helmet to helmet was the right call. And the angle that they showed, there was clearly helmet to helmet contact on that play. The one that I do wonder about, and I know it's the right call, but it it just goes against is when the guy comes in for the tackle on Delvin Cook. Offensive lineman's out there in front of him. He basically dives at the offensive line. Couldn't agree with you more. He was going for the tackle. And he was going yes. for the tackle. Now, Instead, he took out a lineman's legs, which letter is of the great law, rule. Outside the tackle uh-huh. box, that is the way it is. But imagine that defensive player. Imagine film study today. Yes. You're right, Trent. And you, What, you're just going to let yourself get blocked? He's making a football he play. He was. And John Perry, who I think there's two... Uh, okay, you know what? That's not fair to Steratore, because I think he does a nice job, too. John Perry, who's the NBC guy? He's on Twitter and he's really good. Um, the official, the, uh, the retired official that, that works for NBC. I can't think of his name. He's really good. Uh, Steratore with CBS. And John Perry does a nice job with ESPN. Mm-hmm. I think he's good. I think he does a nice job. Um, explain, and, and John Perry felt the exact same way. Look, he's trying to, he's trying to tackle Delvin Cook. He, he was trying to you know, dive and make a play. And yes. By the letter of the law, he did take out the lineman's legs, which the rule is in place for the right reason. Um, you can't go low um, because of the fact you're going to end shorten some careers. So that that was a, that's a good rule. Uh, but do you have to? You know, because there are extenuating circumstances in any of these. And I don't. That was one of them. You're right, Trent. I agree with you. Letter of the law. It was the right call. Uh-huh. I understand the call. Yep. He's trying to make a play. And you you can't change that rule, though, because you're doing it to help offensive linemen. You're doing it to protect them. Right. Because you can't have guys flying it. No. 330-pound no, guys' no, no, knees no. as they're as coming out yep. to make a block. So the rule's right. It just, certainly in that instance and the way things were going, yep. man, just shake your head. You That's do. all I can do with the Bears. Uh, Brad is uh, with us. Brad, welcome to the program. Hi, Brad. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, the one thing that bothers me more about the NFL is, does anybody know what exactly pass interference is in the league anymore? I mean, it's there's there's so many different disparities. I mean, you'll have one call, a guy will barely call. You know, I just I just think they need to address with their officials what actually pass interference. That's all I had. Yeah, Brad, thank you. Yeah, the hand fighting, etc. There was one in the early game. The Raiders, uh, the Raiders, I think, were the beneficiary of this, where they were both coming back. It wasn't egregious. Frank Schwab, who joins us a lot from Yahoo Sports, he thinks there should be two different fouls for offensive pass interference, or defensive pass interference. I like that. 
You know, where uh, Terry McCauley, thank you for sending that. Terry McCauley with NBC. Um, our buddy Drew sent that to us. Where it's two guys going for the football. It's not, oh my God, I'm beat. I'm going to pull you down or push you or whatever. So you can't make a catch. That should be a spot foul. Mm-hmm. The one, the other one, like the, like was on display uh, in in the uh, uh, in in the first game. They're both going for the football, right? It was an underthrown ball. They're both trying to make a play and get back to the football. I don't know. I'm good with. It. Is it going to slow down the game though even more? Where yeah. All right. Was that a five yard? Although I do like the fact that they. Ball? Yeah, I do like the fact that they, and they did this last night a couple of times. Yes, they did. Uh, where it looks as though they were going to have to throw the red flag, and and New York gets involved and say, "You guys change this," and made it quick, and made it very quick. I like Very the quickness. Quick. Make I it do quick. Too. Yep. A replay again. We talk about overturning. It has to be indisputable. Mm-hmm. Well, if it takes more than a minute, two minutes at tops, mm-hmm. then it's not indisputable. Right. It's not all but, of a sudden going to miraculously appear. Right. You're slowing things down <laughs> yes. to the millisecond. Right. If you can't tell right away, then you go the other way. Uh-huh. And you go with what was called on the field. Make it quick. Yeah. I- add, if you want to add more to it, sure. Just make it happen quick. That's mm-hmm. all I ask for. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, yes, uh, uh, we did have one of our followers point out that Brady did beat the Saints in the playoff last year, but regular season a four and zero, and it's been an ugly four and zero. Not a good four and zero for for Brady. Um, to your point, I if you're the Vikings, back to where we started here, and you're the seventh seed, if they get in the seventh seed, or whoever that team is that gets to play one of the two or the three, if it's Tampa Bay, uh, if it's Dallas. Uh, if it's the Rams that find a way to get up to that particular spot uh, in the rankings, I don't think anybody's unbeatable at the top. Lambeau Field will be a different animal, especially with fans in it this year. And Aaron Rodgers is playing, and we said the same thing last year, he's playing as well as he's ever played. So we shall see. Uh, Dave Sinekin, speaking of those Packers coming up in just a few moments, look forward to uh, speaking with our buddy Dave Sinekin. Hey, I want to take a minute here just real quick. We... Um, I saw uh, Keith Murphy tweeted a video, a, a condolences video, which was really well done, um, to no surprise, <laughs> right, right, when Keith's involved. He's, he's such a genuine human being. I never met anybody like him. It, it's so sincere. Uh, but but he pointed out that uh, there was a longtime sports radio listener passed away um, o- over the weekend, a guy by the name of Chuck Stanton, who I actually worked with at Prairie Meadows. Oh, really? Chuck worked in the TV department when I was... You know, calling the races out there, so mm-hmm. we cross paths a lot, and and uh, he he listened for when we first went on the air, and he listens to all the shows. And they he was in comfort care, I think is what uh, his son Brian referred to it as, which I guess is kind of like hospice, right? Mm-hmm. It's toward the end, and they spent their final hours listening to sports talk radio, father and son. I mean, if that doesn't tug at your heartstrings, yeah. uh, so Chuck Stanton um, and and Brian Stanton, his son and his family, uh, condolences on the passing of your father. I know they do have a GoFundMe account, uh, Chuck Stanton. Um, it just I means terrible. T- you never want to lose your dad at any time. But close to Christmas, these uh, seem to uh, hit harder than most. But Chuck Stanton, a longtime listener and a guy I used to work with, and even if you if you don't, I mean, everybody's asked to contribute to different causes, right? Go go go, jump on GoFundMe and read about Chuck if you got some time. Good guy. Um, far too young. Far mm-hmm. far far too young. All right, uh, Dave Sinekin coming up. Uh, we will talk to Dave Sinekin. We will talk to Nick Athen. We'll head to Vegas. Mike Palm from Circus Sports. Look forward to catching up with Mike. Um, and then uh, John Bowen Camp. 
We'll get him on in here. Self-proclaimed wise owl. Well, and he got all over Tommy Birch the other day. Oh, on, really? On I missed I, this. He did. Tommy Birch is on vacation, by the way. Good for you, Birch. Did you read Birch's story? Uh, it's a pretty long story on the Chuck uh, Chuck on the uh, Kurt Warner uh, movie that's coming out. No, no. Um, Tommy and Kurt actually did a Zoom, a little bit of oh, an really? interview, which is in the piece too. It's pretty. It's really well. It's Birchy. It's really well done. Uh, it was in Sunday's paper, but I think it was put online. We can always find it, but it's a, it's a pretty good read. But anyways, Tommy's covering the Iowa State game, okay. women on Sunday, and the games. You know what? Do they win by sixty something? Yeah, yeah. Tommy. Tweeted, and we're done here. Oh, you can't do that. That's Bowen Camp's That's line. John's. Oh, no. That's crossing the line, Tommy Birch. Wow. Right? <laughs> That's one of Bowen Camp's, and we're done here. Uh, anyways, we are done with this segment. It's 1025. NFL conversation next. We take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 1030 on a Tuesday. Those first place Green Bay Packers, they've got a date Christmas Day, 3.30 Cleveland. Was this song when it came out? I just know it as the Packers song. Was it a big hit? <laughs> no idea. Because uh, I just know it as the Packers. Right. Let's find out. Maybe Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, he knows all about those Packers. Was this a hit, Dave Sinekin? Happy holidays, first of all. How are you? I'm good. Happy holidays to you guys. Um that's a Todd Rundgren song that uh, was just a, basically a pop song that Green Bay decided to start using for uh, after they scored touchdowns. So I think the rest is pretty much history. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yes. And you hear it a lot. Uh-huh. And if you're a Vikings or Bears fan, you hate that song, I'm, I'm assuming. Okay. Hey, before we get into the Packers, I want to go back to the, the, the last weekend uh, game. What was your thoughts on Tyler Huntley, who obviously is behind Lamar Jackson, and I, for one, didn't give them much hope when I when they were going to run Tyler Huntley and not Lamar Jackson. Dave, I think this kid can play. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I know it's a small sample size. We saw him start in Chicago, and we saw him engineer a nice comeback against Cleveland his last game, and then the game against Green Bay, uh, who was missing Kenny Clark, and, and certainly True. that yep. one guy Green Bay's defense cannot afford to lose, and it made things a bit easier for him on the ground. But, no, I think there are 10 teams in this league that would desperately want him to be their starter. I mean, you think about putting him in New Orleans or, or Carolina or Washington. Denver. And, and how much better those teams could look. So I'm, I'm bullish on that kid. I think he has a really bright future. You know, one more on the Ravens. It, when we talk about tight ends, it's George Kittle, it, it's Kelsey, it's Waller, it's Phelan. Why does Mark Andrews <laughs> never come up in that conversation? You can't cover him. Yeah, he absolutely should. He, he's in that same uh, vein of Kittle and Kelsey, and, and I don't know who would be the next guy. He's a top three tight end. Uh, I just can't believe Green Bay didn't come in with a game plan to double him and make one of those receivers try to beat the Packers' good cornerbacks. So I think part of that's on Joe Barry for not scheming correctly because, yeah, he's he is a man-child, and he's, he's always been Lamar Jackson's security blanket in big moments, and uh, that was a good stage for him to show, again, that, it does go beyond Kittle and Kelsey when you're talking about the all-pro tight ends in this league. Got a game lead now over the other three teams that have double-digit wins in the NFC. 
and a schedule that sets up incredibly well. The Browns looked at it before the season. Now, that might be a tough one. We'll see how ravaged that team is, and we'll see what they have on Christmas Day against Green Bay. Finish up with a couple of divisional games. It just it sets up incredibly well here. That home field advantage and getting the bye, most importantly, to go along with it. Yeah, they had home field last year, but there were dozens of people in attendance. What that means for this Green Bay team, how they're built, and is it maybe more important for Green Bay than the other teams we're talking about? Well, I think it is just because of the the weather you're dealing with. And not that everybody on Green Bay's roster is excited about playing (laughs) if it's zero degrees, but you know that nobody on the other roster is. They have that advantage. (laughs) But I think even beyond that this year, having the bye for a Packers team that has been about as banged up as any NFC team has been. I know every team feels like it's hurt, but obviously the the all-pros Green Bay's played without has been damaging. And to get an extra week this season, I think would mean a lot to Green Bay. And then there's just the... The, the trickiness at the bottom of the NFC playoff roster. I mean, if you're the three seed, you may end up having to play San Francisco in that first weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seven seed may be the Saints, um, who show that their defense can stand up on any given day. So I just think it's it's dicey to have to play that first weekend with uh, those six and seven seeds being pretty strong this year. So I think it's a huge advantage to not have to play that first weekend and and know that, you know, obviously you got two home games and you're in L.A. if you can take care of business. Yeah, it's funny. Trent and I were just talking about that very subject about the bottom uh, of the playoffs in the uh, in the NFC, how salty yeah. those teams are. Dave, uh, I'm hearing a lot of national guys, and I'm, I, I knew you were coming on today, and I knew I was going to get to ask you this question, and you've seen Aaron Rodgers as close as anybody, say that he's playing the best football of his career. I mean, he's coming off an, MV, uh, an MVP season. Has he elevated his game, if that's possible? Is he playing his best football of his career? Uh, I think you can make a strong case. I mean, I, you know, you go back to that Super Bowl year um, and you look at what he did on the field in those playoff games and how just dominant he was. He was so good back then. But I think this system now, you know, his third year in this Matt LaFleur system, I think has really helped sort of give him the fountain of youth. I remember when I'm writing a blog right now, just kind of an appreciation for Matt LaFleur in his three years and just stepping back, remembering, you know, how our eyebrows were raised right. when they hired Matt LaFleur. Yeah. But, you know, you looked at, you know, when you look deeper at the hire, it's, man, he, he coached Matt Ryan when he won his MVP. You know, he was with Jared Goff when, when he went to a Super Bowl. And you just realize that this offense has made kind of average, certainly Matt Ryan's not average, but, you know, good good quarterbacks look really great. And, and what could Aaron Rodgers do uh, in this system? And I think, We've seen the development year one to year two as an MVP, now to year three potentially another MVP, and he's just so comfortable in this system. And you know, he clearly has a really good supporting cast of you know as, as strong, maybe not receiver wise as deep as what he's had, but top to bottom as good a cast as he's had. And I just think, yeah, I think he is just kind of at that Zen level now where he's playing at a different speed than everybody else. I think he likes the challenge of being a little shorthanded sometimes. I know he'd like to get his lineman back and healthy sure. and have some studs back there for the playoffs. But, yeah, I, you know, I talk often about how fortunate we are. We know it as Packer yep. fans to have watched Favre and Rodgers for 30 years and just the absolute excellence week in, week out, we get to watch for three hours. It's just something I, I never take lightly. And what Rodgers is doing right now is something we've really never seen before. Defensively, I know Lafleur not happy with the team afterwards, didn't, like the aggressiveness that they played with. what One guy certainly jumped off the play page, I thought, on Sunday afternoon, and that was Eric Stokes, the first-round draft so pick. Good. 
This guy, uh, he's fast. We knew he's going to be fast coming in, but going up against Hollywood Brown basically for the whole game, really slowing him down. Andrews was a monster, but Stokes, you can see that development continuing, and uh, the rich get richer at the cornerback spot, especially if we see Alexander back sometime. Yeah, he's uh, Gutekunst has certainly hit on these last two uh, cornerback picks, and Alexander and Stokes, the previous two second-round picks. Uh, now, Kevin King was not him. That was Ted Thompson. Um, but Josh Jackson, I mean, they've yeah. got, you know, they got busts out of those two. So mm-hmm. cornerbacks are so difficult to navigate. And I look at the team in the town I'm living in, and you could point to how badly they've picked cornerbacks yeah. as to where their defense and where their team is right now. They've just struck out with cornerbacks. It's a tough position to, to really gauge. And I think uh, Stokes was a guy that had the speed uh, and played against all the great receivers in the SEC at Georgia, but wasn't even clearly thought of as the best corner on his team last year. And there were some people wondering whether he had a first-round grade. And um, clearly, uh, the Packers knew what they were doing because Stokes has gotten better each week. He can handle the speed guy in another team. He forced Baltimore to just dink and dunk with Marquise Brown, who had like 10 catches for 50 yards, something like that. Um, so the idea that you're going to get Jair Alexander back, uh, we all assume here in a week or two, uh, and now you've got Stokes, Alexander, and Rasul Douglas, and you've given yourself, I think, a real chance to compete against any offense, and I think Alexander likely would start on the slot um, and, and deal with some of the problems Green Bay's had covering the middle of the field. So, yeah, it, it's been a, a home run pick so far. He looks like the real deal, and um, again, a main reason why Green Bay is the number one seed right now is with the hits they've done at cornerback by drafting Stokes and by finding Rasul Douglas. Uh, without those two guys, I don't know where this team would be. Speaking of without two guys, without Bakhtiar, as you mentioned, and Billy Turner, who's really done a nice job since he's uh, come over from Denver, What what's the prognosis on those two? I mean, we've been hearing Bakhtiari since November. Are you giving up on, on him, getting him back and then Billy Turner? How about those two? Yeah, you know, it's hard to really know with Bakhtiari. He at least was back on the practice field for the first time last week. So I do think they will get him back. My hunch is not this week for Christmas Day, but getting that extra day for the Vikings and a late game on Sunday night. Maybe they get him back for that game. And, you know, if, if Green Bay wins the next two and Dallas loses one of these next two, then Green Bay can rest everybody week 18 if they want to. So you wouldn't mm. need Bakhtiari in week 18. So I, my hunch is they'd love to get him to knock the rust off at least once. Maybe it's the Viking game. Billy Turner, they've been real quiet about the severity. Just they don't believe it's season ending. Uh, again, I think... In a perfect world, you get through these last few weeks without Billy Turner. Maybe you get a week off, and maybe you have both tackles back for the playoffs starting a divisional weekend. But you know, Dennis Kelly had a bit of a rough day on Sunday against a tough front against Baltimore. So uh, I think he's a guy that's a good spot starter, but I'm not sure Green Bay is real comfortable knowing that he's got the right side of the line in January. Packers get the bye. They get the number 1 seed. They win their divisional game. Who is the team you least want to see in the NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field? I just think it has to be Tom Brady. You know, yeah, I mean, they suffered right. some tough uh, yeah. injuries the other night, losing Chris yes, Godwin. I don't know if Leonard Fournette. I think it sounds like he'd be back by then, but he's going to be out for a while. But it's Tom Brady, and, mm-hmm. and it's a team that came to Lambeau in that spot last year and beat the pack. I understand the stadium was empty, but Green Bay intercepted Brady three times in the second half. That should have been the recipe for a victory at home, and they couldn't get it done, so... I need to, you know, worry about Brady and, and that organization more than than any other. I, I think, you know, if you look at the other contenders, um, 
I just, I don't know. I, I can't see the Rams. I can't see Dallas coming into Lambeau at the end of January and, and beating this team. I know they certainly could, but I don't fear any of those teams really. I think, you know, oddly enough, maybe San Francisco, mm-hmm. just a, a team that could just run the ball down your throat and play good defense might give Green Bay more trouble than just about anybody else. Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com. In the midst of writing his blog, I'm assuming it'll be up later on today for you Packer fans, theheadcheese.com. Dave, thank you. Happy holidays. Were you headed to Lambeau on Christmas Day? Uh, I don't think so. I, I have a slight chance. My brother may have a ticket for me, so I have not canceled my hotel yet. But, nice. Uh, my hunch is I'll be home, uh, home watching. Uh, Dave, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Uh, you got it, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com. We will take our time out from one one seed to the other one seed. Chiefs next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. And Mall Ames. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon in hour number two. Mike Palm will head to Vegas. Mike Palm from Circus Sports. And then John Bowenkamp will localize things a little bit with our friend John Bowenkamp, uh, who writes for the AP, amongst other places, Hawkeye Nation, dot, dot, dot. Right now, Nick Athen covers the Chiefs. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com, where he's a VP of content over there. Hello, Nick Athen. Trent and Ken, how are you? Hey, Trent Ken, how you guys doing, man? Doing well. You know, it's pretty, week 15, it's still not over. It'll end tonight. Yeah. But boy, what a Thank start. <laughs> what a start it got back on Thursday night. Uh, Chargers and the Chiefs, as entertaining as a game, at least for me, as, as I've seen uh, maybe all year. It was so much fun. Uh, Chiefs struggled to run the ball. Mahomes, I think, led them uh, in rushing. Um, they got the ball first in overtime, Nick, and whoever won the coin flip seemingly was going to win that football game. Let's start there. Do you like that rule? I mean, I know you did um, on Thursday. Well, of course I did, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, I, I like the rule. I think it makes sense. I mean, obviously they tweaked it this year. If, the, if you get a field goal, the other team gets it. And I know in the postseason, if they score a touchdown, the other team is going to be allowed to have the ball. So at least they're going to do the right thing in the postseason. So. I mean, you know, eventually they're going to change these rules to where, you know, each team gets at least one possession. Uh, you know, they've shortened it to 10 minutes. So even if a team gets a, you know, mm-hmm. seven, eight minute drive, you know, there's only going to be a couple minutes left to do something. So I think it'll bring another level of excitement. I like the fact that, you know, at least in the postseason, it's sudden death. So, um, you know, it obviously it benefited the Chiefs. I don't think there's anybody who thought that if the Chiefs got the ball, they weren't scoring a touchdown. Um, the Chargers knew it. Uh, their defense knew it because they were gassed. Um, Mahomes was on fire at that point. There was, there was nothing that was going to stop him. And, and this, this was a great game, one of the best games of the year. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of the, the Rams-Chargers game not too long ago, a couple of years ago, that you know, the last team of the ball is ultimately going to win. But, uh, um, hey, the Chiefs found another way to win, and uh, they're, in, they're in a good spot right now. Travis Kelsey was amazing. Now he's going to the COVID list, but... Right. A guy that I was just looking at his overall numbers, over 80 catches, over 1,000 yards, got seven touchdowns. Yet before Thursday night, well, Travis Kelsey lost a step. What's going on here? What have you yeah. seen from Kelsey this year? And obviously getting him back, we'll see how long it's going to take. So important to what this team does offensively. Yeah, I mean, he's key. I mean, you know, I, I think this is my personal opinion. I think he was injured. I, I know his neck was, you could tell, 
by the way, he was stretching his neck in games and moving his side to side and his body language. He wasn't a hundred percent. And I think, excuse me, I think with Thursday having a short week, he just said, you know what? I'm balling tonight. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to make plays. I'm going to help my team win. This is a huge moment. You know, guys like that who play hurt, guys like that who understand the moment, I guess why the Chargers lost. They just understand the moment they had and the opportunity they had. The Chiefs have been there, done that. Uh, they're the best team in the AFC. They're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, they know how to get there. They know what to do. They've seen everything. They've gotten everybody's best. And Travis Kelsey is just one of those guys that fits that mold, you know. He's a leader. I mean, he really leads that team uh, a lot more than I think people think. And I think in his lull, he wasn't 100%. But in the big games, your great players have to step up, and, and hopefully he can go uh, He can go Sunday. Yeah, and I think there's a pretty good chance of that, right? He just needs, what, yeah. a, a negative test? Because apparently he is vaccinated, so he does check the boxes that he needs to, at least as uh, right. uh, there's that opportunity to play against the Steelers. I think it's their final home game of the year. I, I guess I did. I knew they yeah. ended the year in Denver. I didn't realize uh, that this is it as far as Arrowhead, until the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. Um, so so rank, the, rank the next two. Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, into the AFC North that they will go. Cincinnati leads the way. Steelers are still alive. I think you can flip a coin in that division. Who's the who's sure. the more difficult game for the Chiefs in their next two, Steelers or Bengals? That's a good question because I think both of them have some uh, – both have – well, I think the, the Bengals have more of an opportunity to upset the Chiefs than I think the Steelers do only because, you know, they, they, they their offense is terrible right now. And, and when they have three drives – in the fourth quarter against the Titans, and they uh, got eight yards. Yeah, Tennessee handed so, them the game. Know, I agree. Yeah, they, they handed them the game, and I'm fine with that. You know, handed. I wanted the Titans to lose. <laughs> I'm not going to make any any bones about it being any different. But I, I, you know, I think I think the Bengals offensively they're struggling right now. They've kind of lost their identity. I mean, they beat the Broncos, and and uh, they still didn't look great. Um, if, if if mixing this out, that's going to be huge. Um, you know, if he's not able to get back on the field with that sprained ankle, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got a young quarterback, you've got the veteran quarterback. You always go with the veteran quarterback, but um, I think the Steelers are going to make a game of this probably into the third quarter. But the Bengals, to me, you know, I was concerned about. Had the Broncos won this past weekend, I'd have been the most concerned about that game as the only one that's really going to derail them. But I think that the Bengals aren't ready for a game like this. Uh, you know, it might be a shootout, but the way the Chiefs defense is playing, and that's something a lot of people forget, you know, they're down three starters against the Chargers in a short week, and they play terrific. Um, they're going to have everybody back. Uh, everybody's going to be playing this weekend. But to me, I'd say the Bengals is probably a little bit more of a challenge because there's a lot of unknowns there. They, don't, they haven't played against any of these guys. You know, I can't remember the last time we played the Bengals, maybe five, six, seven years ago. Um, so I think to me that's the most difficult game left on the schedule for Kansas City. Mentioned Kelsey on the COVID <laughs> list. Also Harrison Bucker is going there. Is New he? kicker yeah. uh, coming yeah. in. And they had signed him, what, a week previous to the practice squad. Was that just insurance? Was that thinking ahead? Was it, well, you actually cheer for a good organization you know, that actually looks forward. What, what do you read into that? A lot of COVID breakout. I got a kicker who's probably not vaccinated. I better bring another kicker in. Yeah. And I think that's all it was. Um, I, I think Veach was smart to do so. Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to play this weekend. I mean, they're going to have to rely on the new kid to, to come in, and hopefully it's not a clutch situation. But to me, that tells me that uh, that, that he's not able to play. 
Um, and, it, it, you know, listen, a lot of teams keep an extra kicker on the practice squad for this very reason. But with all the COVID outbreaks, you know, and, and the rules changing constantly, I mean, every day it's something new and it, it's something different. But that tells me, and I have no proof of this, I've not talked to any in the organization or any of my sources uh, about my kicker, but um, my, my gut tells me he's probably not vaccinated. Uh Team in the AFC, you can't say nobody. You have to say somebody. Team in the AFC currently in the playoffs that worries you the most is? Uh, boy. The Chiefs. I think the only team's going to be the Chiefs is themselves. <laughs> you have to, to say team, somebody I'm, else. All right, fine, 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 fine. Chargers? I, I would say that Chargers, if they play a turnover-free game, Definitely would be a challenge to the Chiefs at home. Mm-hmm. I think the Colts, but I like the way the Chiefs' run defense has played. You know, if Chris Jones is in there, it's a completely different unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the, their ability to stop Taylor. Um, you know, Tennessee, they're, no. they're cooked. Ravens, yep. they're cooked. Yep. The Bills, you know, the 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 Bills, the Bills will bring the best out of the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will bring the best out of the Bills. So I'm going to answer it. I'm going to say the Bills to me. If they have their act together, and I don't think they do, are probably the only team that could put together a, 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 a thirty to forty-five minute stretch where it's going to challenge the Chiefs, and maybe there's some doubt. I think Chargers would be number two on that one, just because you know I think I think the better quarterback um, in the postseason, somebody with experience, you always take. What about the Colts? I, I like the Colts. I think they're well coached, but they're you know, and they're going to make the playoffs. They've got an all world running back. One I hope I yep. hope the Chiefs are going to draft, but I think the Colts to me, if if, if Carson Wentz has to beat you, then you're going to win. Yeah. If Taylor's right. running, they're going to. If Taylor's put, if Taylor puts up 225 yards against the Chiefs, they're probably going to beat him. But I don't see that offense having enough diversity. I think their offensive line is terrific. I think their defense is is is, is above average. Um, they got a great coach, um, but they don't have the right quarterback for something like this. Uh, he's not built to win in, in January, February, and uh, it's a nice story. But remember, they're what a game, maybe two games above five hundred. So they've struggled. If Taylor doesn't get hundred yards, they got no chance to win the game. Period. I don't care who they're facing. They could face face Jacksonville. They're probably not going to win. If, if Taylor's not dominating on the field. And thank God he dominated you know, Saturday against the Patriots because that helped the Chiefs. Uh, Colts started 0-3, then 1-4, and, and and here they are. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on Carson Wentz 100%. Boy, Darius Leonard's a player, though, yes, isn't he? he is. My God. Yeah, he uh, certainly is. Nick, good stuff. We'll grab you next week, Nick Athen. We will preview the, uh, the, uh, the Bengals game. We'll recap uh, the game against the Steelers. Thank you, Nick. Merry Christmas to you right, and yours. Merry Christmas, Joe. Yep, yep, good to too. talk to you. Guys, be safe. Yep, see you, bud. All Nick right. Athen, uh, primetimesportstalk.com. Steeler Sunday. Win. I hope. I mean, they're they're flirting with eight and a half in the over ticket that I'm holding, well, under in my case. At Cincinnati. <clears throat> Tough. Since he needs it. At Denver. Win. <laughs> you always say win. <laughs> but they can't beat that. Denver can't beat them. We need those Broncos to get another win, Ken. Oh, do you have you, seven and your a seven and a half? Let's get over. Uh, you know we missed an opportunity speaking of your Broncos. What? 
Remember after the 3-0 start, and you were saying that's a fake 3-0, yes. and it was, because they played three crappy teams. Yeah, Jets, Giants, Jags. Remember DraftKings adjusted, they had the in-season win-loss record, and they adjusted all the way up to 10 and a half. Are you kidding me? We had so much money to be made. What did you we... bring that up? I don't remember I, you I did, that. and you, you probably told me to bet. <laughs> I probably did, because I was, I was having fun against the uh, the record. So, Chiefs? The I bets mean, you don't make. I know it. It's easy, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I cast a sports bet. I, I'm up, I mean, it's just been brutal. What a terrible year. Fun, though. You went 4-1 of your picks this week, I though. I did, yes. Now, what did you do? 5-0? and oh? uh, I think I have one pending. Do you still? Yes. Uh, Mike Palm, speaking of betting on sports, Circa in the spotlight next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.